fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to India's first and only Freemasonic podcast, The Ashlers, a unique podcast that is hosted by Masons aiming to share information and the timeless wisdom around Freemasonry with the rest of the world, thus sharing the light of Masonry far and wide. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions shared by the hosts and participants on the Ashlers is solely their own and thus do not represent any official positions or proclamations of any Grand Lords thereof. Be assured that best efforts have been made to keep the conversations and presentations on the level for brethren and non-Masons alike. Hello and welcome folks to yet another episode of The Ashlers. You know, uh, the reason why there's a certain spring in my steps, so to speak, as I'm speaking, is because we just went halfway through the recording uh, and realized we did not press the record button. <laughs> silly us. <laughs> Even after two seasons, we make silly mistakes. But I'm sure you guys are forgiving enough to, you know, let go of those little things. Uh, let me just quickly tell you something about The Force. Now, those of you who have been listening to us uh, consistently will, you know, suddenly hear a bell, so to speak, because our previous episode, Rinesh and myself got together to take on this big little giant, big little giant, by the way, um, called the Morals and Dogma, a, a massive book on Freemasonry by Albert Pike. And we thought, you know, what's so difficult about it? Let's delve into it and talk about it. Let's, you know, the two of us see how much we can conquer. And looks like the force was with us. Well, Albert Pike talks about uh, something called, which he terms as the force. I'll give it to Rinesh to talk about it. However, you would also draw a parallel with Star Wars in this case. And it gets interesting the more you think about it, how, you know, this whole aspect of, the power of the people, the power of the mind and thought and how we organize things comes into play. Uh, with that, there's also one important aspect for today's episode, which we promised long back. There's a special guest speaker with us, which we are very excited to introduce. But let me not get ahead of myself and steal Rinesh's thunder. So Rinesh, why don't you recap the previous episode and introduce our speaker of the day. Thanks. Thanks a lot, uh, Shishir. I actually did not uh, draw a parallel to the Star Wars. And even though I am a good, uh, like I call myself a decent Star Wars fan, but somehow I think that compartmentalization has been done wherein I was like, when we thought about Force and Freemasonry, I was only concentrating on that aspect and I did not bring the pop culture reference to it. However, thanks a lot for that, because now that we are talking about it, it definitely does ring a bell with a lot of parallels which are there in what... I have seen in the movie and what I have experienced in Freemasonry. Now, to kind of recap what we were talking about, it's very hard to for us to come up and say that the entire episode which we discussed was on one small word, which is force. But the thing is, as he said, this little, this uh, big little giant, whatever you want to call morals and dogma is, it's not an easy book 
to just it's not a casual read that's for sure okay so when we started to read about it and we thought that we can actually do a job of explaining this book to other folks and kind of inspire them to actually read the book our idea was not to read for them our idea is not to actually spoon feed that i our idea was to just give that snippet and in that what we realized is if as a matter of fact in that first eight pages or sorry first six pages which we did we found out that the common element which albert pike was talking about was the word force the force which makes us do certain things what is that makes us get up in the morning and do it there is some sort of an inclination of doing something right that actually is like a force or maybe you can call it as uh, you know i want to do something it's it's a wish which i have but yeah, there is a motivation push it. yes motivation yeah. so something <laughs> is pushing you that is the force he was adding physics to it that's for sure he also spoke about how a gavel in the lodge is a symbol of that force because that gavel when it is hit on the wooden uh, desk of yours brings order the same gavel when used with a chisel is actually used to make that rough stone which is in front of you is a smooth stone so that smooth stone can actually be used to make a building now all those aspects when you think about it right that's the idea which shishir and i had but we also realized we are falling short with one aspect when two people talk there are two of them who are giving their ideas now chances are either both of them agree or sometimes they disagree but there are only two of them the more the people the more the thoughts come and that's when we realize that it is not as in we won't be justifying a book like morals and dogma by just two of us we definitely need more and that is why today we have a very special guest very worshipful brother n ramaprasad from lodge professionals in bangalore i have known n ramaprasad from the time he was honestly speaking when he was the assistant regional grandmaster of bangalore so if anybody who knows him or if anybody who has ever seen him like he is a giant he's a giant man and that is the first thought when i came when i saw him i i must have been a junior deacon if i'm not wrong or maybe the inner guard i'm not sure it was just the first step in my uh, masonic ladder and that's when i realized wow this person can actually control the crowd the way he was demanding the way he was talking and i was like super in, in super awe with him i'm like okay this person can actually tell the crowd where to move next where to go next so when we thought about the book not thinking about the book morals and dogma being a giant in this but i personally realized the chapters or oh, sorry the portions which we were covering in this chapter i personally after having so much of interaction with the very worshipful brother rama prasad i thought he was the right choice for it and luckily for me my co-host shishir actually was the one who decided on that he is the one who came up and said why don't we bring rama prasad and i was like wow that's a very good idea and then when i read the chapter or the portion i was like dude this is a perfect fit for him and with that i would like to ask very worshipful brother n rama prasad to please introduce to the to our audience thank you worshipful brother rinesh and brother shishir for those kind words it's been a pleasure and indeed an honor that you have invited me on to this stage to share a very little knowledge of what i have about freemasonry it's a pleasure and i thank you very much for that lovely introduction thank you thanks a lot most welcome brother and you know the one of the reasons also that i would like to mention why i suggested you know let's have uh, people come in 
and speak about this book because uh, Rinesh has already mentioned it's not an easy book to you know read even if you try to go through a few paragraphs you really need to commit yourself your concentration to get the hang of what you know Albert is all about but then again while Rinesh and myself have covered some few years in masonry uh, we are by no means so well seasoned from a knowledge or experience standpoint to really say that yeah what we have said is uh, the final deal or yeah this is the truth we really need people who have spent practically a lot amount of time in masonry and that's where the first name that came to mind was yours and i'm so happy to have you here so welcome brother and uh, with that folks let's not hold off too much into you know uh, the introductions and i would like to now start off on the first aspect of where we left off so now that the force is with us well what next well rinesh and when rinesh was saying i you know interjected saying motivation right can we call that force as motivation when you are motivated to do something there is some level of confidence some level of hope let me also put it this way if you are going to do something for the very first time at some you know some level in your mind there also is an aspect of the leap of faith you're uncertain but you're going to do it anyway it could go either ways it might be positive or negative what would you do in such a scenario well most of us at least figuratively will look up at the sky and with our hearts and minds conjoined together we would say a silent little prayer to the almighty whoever that god might be it doesn't matter but there is some higher power to whom you look up to and say that i'm going to do this and i hope it's going to work i have my faith on you to guide my way right what i'm alluding to here is very simply prayer it's the aspect of faith that comes in one way or the other right i have seen uh, people before doing something even mundane like you know rinesh was given example uh, an accountant before opening the books of accounts on the first day or the financial year he or she would say a small little prayer or maybe do some elaborate prayer and then start off with their work right on a daily basis i have seen uh, people they'll pull out a small book from their pockets you know do a small little ceremony maybe just they're sitting there and then start off with that what are they doing they're praying for a good start because you don't know what the future holds but you know that with god on your side nothing could go wrong right the same way even in masonry when we do anything in our lodge whether it is a meeting or whether it is any of the ceremonies we always say a little prayer it is an important aspect of freemasonry's workings but does that mean that freemasonry is then a religion well not really just because you say a prayer does not make you religious let me say that again just because you say a prayer does not necessarily make you a religious person uh, it's very common to see religious people saying prayers of course but i alluded to this much earlier right it is an aspect of a leap of faith and you're hoping things to work out in your favor that is very basically in many ways what a prayer is all about but then coming back to the aspect of albert pike's uh, you know thoughts on this and the interplay of prayer and masonic working let me hand it over to rinesh to add his insights partly also because he is the worshipful master which means he's been the master of a lodge 
and he's more privy to how these things work together so ranesh why don't you add your aspects and then we'll have it uh, over to brother ram ramprasad to add his experience and his color to really bring out this topic in its entirety over to you guys thanks thanks a lot shishir so i was just going through the book and there is there are a couple of these lines which are really interesting okay like Though masonry neither usurps the place of nor apes religion, prayer is an essential part of our ceremonies. That is what exactly Shishir also mentioned here. Now, the aspiration of the soul towards that absolute and infinite intelligence, which is the one supreme deity, uh, we have characterized it with the word architect. It's like the architect. Now, that word architect, what does it mean? It means that he is the one who created it. That's what we say, right? The God is the creator. Now, there is a very interesting line after this. it's but a shallow scoff to say that prayer is absurd because it is not possible for us to persuade god to change his plans then why do we pray why is prayer that important as shishir mentioned it's a leap of faith um we have seen many more prayers happening sometimes in the hospital than in a temple why because at that moment you are at your worst you are at the lowest level and at that moment that faith is the only thing which is making you go ahead the faith obviously in the in the system the faith on in the doctor the faith in the medicine which is being administered but you also are trying to have that faith or trying to talk to god with that sense now that same prayer right uh, albert pike has obviously mentioned that prayer is like a force because you are pushing your entire faith your love your aspect or your thought into this one little uh, or maybe a snippet of line which you do but what is more than that why exactly prayer is so important in freemasonry now as she should mention yes i am the, uh, yes i became a master of the lodge and obviously i realized that and every time when i used to enter and i've seen many of my brothers do this when they used to enter inside the lodge they just what should i say uh, symbolically pray to the god and say okay let's let's hope that the day starts well and that reminded me of my time whenever i used to travel in the mumbai local train or rather any train as a matter of fact if you would have noticed especially in mumbai local i would say because every time the train used to start from borivli from where i used to actually take the train or i used to say i i stay in borivli so i used to start my train journey from there every other person will just pray not hoping that the train is going to reach the journey but hoping that the day is going to be good and these are the same guys who would have definitely done prayer in their own house but this method is also helping them out now that same prayer is what is available even in freemason but why is something which we are trying to understand i'm handing it over to very much over to ramaprasad to elaborate more on this thank you worshipful brother rinesh and brother sishir straight to the topic prayer what is a prayer it is something which you look to a person or to the almighty or to a supreme being to say shower upon me the goodness so that i am kept safe from my enemies and from any evil that might surround unto me this as has been said by worship brother rinesh that it is a force it is a force that we connect with the almighty i would only say prayer is the food for the soul 
the body gets its share of food by the activation of its senses however the soul inside the body needs food too for nourishment which is nothing but prayer a prayer to the supreme being brings us peace and comfort the book by albert pike says thought meditation prayer are the three great mysterious pointings of the needle we are taught in masonry that there are three great pillars wisdom strength and beauty i would only say the hidden pillars of freemasonry are thought meditation and prayer whenever we think of something first what we think is will this happen and if that has to happen what is required the blessings of the almighty so that is where we look up to him and say please help me the almighty the force of the prayer is such that what cannot be done would surely be done by a prayer let me come into the legal aspects in the commercial and in the materialistic world we look at a judge sitting in a court of law we don't demand of him we pray to him to give us some sort of a relief so what does a prayer do it gives you a relief it may not be a relief of finance it may not be a relief of something else but it is a relief to your own soul the soul inside the body is the one which makes you move around and that soul requires nourishment that is what prayer is all about you cannot see the soul but you can see the body the physical aspects of a person but then the soul is also earning for something what does it want a prayer it is the one which connects you to the almighty atma and paramatma so the atma prays to the paramatma so that is where the importance of prayer comes it is just that you are in touch with the almighty always by a prayer it need not be a uh, what do you call something which is um put into paper or put into writing it can be a straight talk with the almighty you can always say god the almighty help me i pray to you to help me that is it thank you brother that was you know very eloquently put and uh you know this this aspect which you just now mentioned right that a prayer need not be something you put onto a piece of paper or for that matter it need not even be something of a very flowery language or something very elaborate like in christianity there is a whole bunch of prayers which is very you know prescriptive like this is like our father in heaven right that, that particular prayer it's very prescri- prescriptive you can't change the words right that's how it is but then that need not always be what a prayer is also uh, going to be like right it could be a simple one or two sentence but when it is powered by uh, one's faith and motivation i think that itself gives the power and i think that's where even albert pike is sort of trying to allude that yes prayer is part of masonic lodges but again it's the idea behind that 
why we are doing what we are doing all in good faith i i just remembered when you said about this whole flowery aspect right i remembered the parable which i read in the bible where uh, jesus talks about two people uh, in the temple who are praying one obviously a rich person who's uh, standing in the middle of the uh, the temple and boldly shouting and informing that god please make sure that i am have enough to take care of the people around something something he says i i might not be saying the right uh, words but he basically standing and proclaiming or rather saying the words aloud and in one corner there is a woman who is sobbing and praying very peacefully silently sobbing because obviously she is in a bit of a pain as well but she's saying it in a soft manner in within her heart to god and telling her that she's thankful to what she has received and all those aspects and that's when jesus comes and says that okay whom do you think uh, god is listening to yes in this aspect obviously he mentions that the je- god is actually listening to that lady because she is not boasting about it she's trying to do it and I, that's what i always used to wonder that why exactly was that aspect counted maybe god is listening to both of them i'm not sure see i i, I don't think we have even come anywhere close to understanding what god thinks but maybe he is listening to both of them or maybe he's trying to think that oh if only you would have said it in this manner uh, i i'm not the one to tell this but that kind of prayer right it is all for each one of us like how exactly would i like to pray as uh, very worship with rampa said the prayer is the one which feeds that soul of yours that is exactly what it is but why is it used in freemasonry as she should mention before we start anything good we would like to pray and that is exactly what we do before the start of the meeting that's the prayer before the start of work when people nowadays obviously when they open up their laptop they actually just do a symbolic gesture that's what it is but there is one more aspect which i have read in the book we all know that a lodge or a freemasons hall the place where the meeting is held is called a lodge but inside that lodge the place where the actual meeting is held where the worshipful master sits with the senior warden junior warden that place is actually called a temple now the temple not in the religious term temple like temple for a hindu or a temple for a jewish no nothing of that sort it's just the word temple and why the temple when we say the uh, our body is a temple of our soul what exactly does it mean we are saying that our body is supposed to be the house in which god resides in in our soul itself it needs a place to rest I, i personally obviously it doesn't make sense right when you try to think why does god need to rest in one place but the idea what we are what anybody is trying to say is that goodliness the godliness which needs to be the good things which needs to be there in your life needs a place where it can actually what do you call it? showcase itself and where does it happen that's inside your body the same thing we are talking about in freemasonry the work which all these officers do worshipful master with his wardens deacons his inner guards and tailors and everybody all of them come together to do some work which is to make a good man better by showcasing certain aspects of moralistic virtues now those virtues are supposed to be housed inside a place and that house that room is actually called a temple and obviously in that temple a prayer has to be read as it's, as shishi mentioned it doesn't make it religious but it has to be read but that lodge is not just called as a temple just for the sake of saying it it's very symbolic in nature it has a lot of aspects to it and in this next segment which we are talking about we are going to talk about that one of the line which it uh, which albert pike writes in the book is a lodge is defined to be an assemblage of freemasons duly congregated having the sacred writings square and compass 
and a charter or warrant of constitution authorizing them to work we will take each of this in a separate uh, to explain more lodge is defined to be an assemblage of freemasons so a worshipful master is a freemason the senior warden is a freemason the junior warden is a freemason the senior and junior deacons are freemason and all the other members so the, all these freemasons have come together as an assembly and that is the lodge the place where they meet as i said is a temple obviously the prayer aspect has been co- covered but that's the lodge then we move ahead with talking about all the other aspects it is said that the lodge is supported which very worshipful the ramp also said it is supported by three great columns wisdom strength and beauty the strength is also considered as a force wisdom was of uh, if uh, the parallels were drawn uh, from the king solomon's temple written in the jewish bible uh, written in uh, the bible as was well the jewish torah which talks about wisdom of king solomon of building a place for god this strength of hiram king of tyre for giving him the men and materials and all the other aspects which were required and beauty of hiram abif uh, the widow's son in designing the building so these three things came together and they worked and they are ideally represented in our lodge by the worshipful master who has the wisdom the senior warden who has the strength and the junior warden who has that beauty now think about it all of these things are coming together to explain that the wisdom and the power of the deity are in equilibrium that's how all of these things conceive what i would like to now understand from very worshipful ram prasad is what are the other aspects which we have seen in the lodge which adheres to this like for example i think there are obviously as we mentioned about the whole uh, sacred writings so what are those sacred why those sacred writings are important what exactly are we talking about it from that aspect we say the three greater lights and the three mm-hmm. lesser lights the three greater lights are the volumes of sacred law the square and the compass the volumes of sacred law are not just anything that has been written like a novel or something which is just given to us it has stood the test of time hmm. earlier the volumes of sacred law were from mouth to the ear and so on that is like a patashala or like a guru what do you call that uh, uh, where you guru used to hear guru guru shishya parampara ah. where you used to have the guru telling it out to the shishya and the shishya uh, reciting it memorizing it and then again he is going to repeat the same process but over a period of time all these things got documented and when and when the volumes of sacred law were documented then it gave a definite shape to what we call as the almighty just by hearing what the almighty is we are unable to comprehend it but when you read what is almighty then the aspects of the almighty are described in the volume of sacred law it says if you look at anything it says the 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 persona of that almighty is like this like the eyes are like this the nose is like this the hands are like this so what what was the volume of sacred law trying to tell us it was telling us that man is limited god or almighty is limited but then 
when you give a definite shape to the almighty then you are equating yourself with the god or the almighty where you are given as aham brahmasmi it is not that you are god but then you have all aspects of god but with a limitation the volumes of sacred law are nothing but a reiteration of the point that man is not perfect volumes of sacred law are perfect so we will have to follow it verbatim it is straight from the god it is straight from the almighty there is no question that it is come out from from nowhere it has come from a definite source and that definite source is the reiteration in the volume of sacred law so when that is kept as the greater light in the in the lord on the altar we are supposed to be following it because those give us the limits and extent to which we can conduct ourselves either by doing good or by doing bad so these uh, these volumes are something which give us a confidence that we are doing the right things the vo- the volumes of the sacred law are something which we cannot forsake they have to be followed and these are things which reiterate in the lodge and when an initiate comes into the lodge and when he takes an obligation on the volume of sacred law the religion to which he belongs or whatever it is that is he is reiterating his faith in that volume of sacred law and also takes an obligation saying that he is going to become a better man and this is what the lodge or the temple is trying to bring into the person who is getting initiated so without the volume of sacred law which is a greater light there cannot be a person becoming from good to better or from better to best going from better to best is something which we will have to wait maybe for generations but then i would only say that since we believe in the theory of reincarnation or in the theory of rebirth what i would only like to say is what i do in this birth that is what good i do in this birth is not what i am going to get in the subsequent rebirth no when i say that i have followed the path of the almighty it is always there that even in your next rebirth he is going to take you 10 steps forward towards him the whole concept of the volume of sacred law is to understand the parabrahma or the, the almighty and to become one with him so this is what is the teaching of almost all the all, not almost all all the volumes of sacred law that is found on the altar and since we have this volumes of sacred law like the shrimad bhagavad gita the holy bible the holy quran the gaza zendavasta and the guru granth sahib all these things probably if one were to read it completely will only say surrender to the lord and become one with him so that is reiterated in our lodges so that people don't members or the brethren don't deviate 
from this. This is my take on the volumes of sacred law. Over to you, brother Vinish. Ah, uh, this 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 is profound. <laughs> this is actually profound. Wherein you were able to bring this point. Hey everyone, in case you're wondering why the long pause, <laughs> well, let me break the suspense. This conversation with very worshipful brother Ramaprasad will be continuing in another episode that we will release shortly after this one. So until then, stay tuned and look forward to more. And that's a wrap. We thank you for your time and hope. that we have been able to present to you the true light of masonry in yet another way please continue to watch out for more episodes from the ashlers by subscribing to our channel on most of the popular podcasting platforms links are in the show notes and also feel free to email us at theashlerspodcast@gmail.com your encouragement is what keeps us motivated above all As proud hosts of India's first and only free Masonic podcast, we wish you all the very best and until next time, the Ashlers signing off.